Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast, a deeper dive into the great personalities we know and love. Now, here's your host, Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to MojonSports.com. The bio episode 41 features Andrew Harris, a four-time Grey Cup champion, a three-time Canadian junior football champion, and one of only six individuals to rush for over 10,000 yards in the Canadian Football League, and he's the only Canadian to do it. He's had an outstanding career with the BC Lions, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and Toronto Argonauts, and he is our subject in this episode of The Bile. Andrew Harris, next. You're listening to the Mojon Sports Podcast. Every athlete is looking for a competitive edge, and you can find one at stokodesign.com. The K1 Embrace system wraps your legs with over 90 feet of high-strength support cables that are directly integrated into an ultra-comfortable compression tape. The cabling is positioned to naturally move with you, supporting your knee when you need it most. You can customize your level of support with two control dials in the waistband. This is the future of knee support. Stokadesign.com Got to tell you about my friends at the Clayton Public House. Talk about a great room, just huge, spacious, plenty of light. The food is unbelievable. And by the way, did I mention they just rented their patio? Check it all out. The Clayton Public House, 5640 188th Street in Surrey. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast. Time now for our feature bio. Here's Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to episode 41, MojoNSports.com. The bio series continues with one of the all-time greats in the Canadian Football League. Yes, he's still active, well, for now. But Andrew Harris, running back of the Toronto Argonauts and now a four-time Grey Cup champion, if I'm counting correctly. Andrew, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you on board. Talk about your incredible journey in the Canadian Football League. And, man, we always like to talk about players who've overcome adversity. You've had your fair share But let's just start the beginnings. Steinbeck, Manitoba, age of nine, you pick up the game of football. You were an Eastman Raider. Tell me about the early days of Andrew Harrison sports and football. Well, I mean, I I, I played hockey. Um, That was my first sport, like organized sport I played. And, um, you know, always playing football at recess, lunchtime, stuff like that. And um, at at that age, we weren't able to hit in hockey. My mom was, I was kind of, I was a bit of a smaller guy when I was, when I was, uh, when I was younger and, um, my mom was kind of freaked out about me, me just getting hit and thinking that I was too small to play and, you know, all, all these different things. So my elementary schools had a, had a barbecue and there was, uh, we were just throwing the ball around and, and with, with a bunch of kids out there and, you know, playing a little game of touch. And, um, you know, I was, I was playing quarterback and, and throwing the ball like crazy and running, running like I do. And, and uh, he approached my mom and said, you got to get this kid to come play, play, play football. And uh, so I talked with him and, and he talked to my mom and anyways, I ended up signing up that way. And um, I started off as a quarterback um, my first year and, uh, you know, ended up just running the football pretty much every single time. So um, we had a guy that could throw the ball decently. I kind of switched off mid mid season and then I uh, became a full-time running back uh, my first year there. So 
it was it, yeah it didn't didn't happen right away you know I was a bit of a late bloomer as far as you know some how some kids start playing but uh um you know the, the mix between hockey and football was uh was a great one for me and you know I, I still play lots of ice hockey to, to this day uh in the off season so um you know but uh, yeah def, definitely the mix was was, was a good uh, good cross trainer for me and um you know the physical side of things was all, also helped as well how did you talk your mom into football if she was concerned about you getting hit in hockey yeah um I know, I believe your your parents are from, or your mom's from Barbados, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, probably not that familiar with football, but the fact that you convinced her to play football, I mean, I'm thinking, how did you swing that considering she didn't want to see you get hit in hockey? She, she tried to coddle me a little too much, I think, you know, and <laughs> even, even to this day, you know, she's always freaking out about the little things and, um, you know, she's starting to calm down a little bit and, and, and you know, as we go along here, but uh but yeah, I mean, I, once you saw me play, you know, I wasn't getting hit too often because I, I was usually running past guys or running around them. So, um, you know, she she's always been just a worry wart a worry that way and um, just concerned about my my health and safety, as all moms, you know, should and, and do. What drew you to sports? Um, I don't know. I've always been competitive. Um, I didn't really play, like I said, organized sports for till, till a bit later. But, um, you know, even in, at recess, I remember being just super competitive, you know, playing cards, playing any kind of game. Um, you know, even to this day, you know, I got a 14 year old daughter and, you know, we play games and, um, I refuse to let her win, you know, so I'm just competitive and, um, always want to win, have that winning attitude and, um, you know, just try to bring that, uh, that, that, that winning attitude that, that, uh, um, focus on, on the details to, to get and to get a win in any which way, um, you know, that, that translating is translates in a lot of things in life for me. So, um, but yeah, I think it just comes with competitiveness and, um, you know, and as I started playing sports, uh, the biggest thing that drew me to it was the camaraderie and and you know the team aspect and and you know working together with uh, with 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 other peers um, for a common goal um, you know with your brothers to, to to try to win a championship to try to win a game to try to you know clinch first whatever whatever the goal is at the time um, I just find it amazing to be able to put all that together with um, you know in the game of football there's there's, there's so many different so many different uh, roles that guys play but putting it all together um, for a common goal is pretty special. Okay, I'm going to throw this one out to you, and I don't want to insult you, but how does a kid from Winnipeg wind up playing for the Vancouver Island Raiders? I mean, you're in Manitoba. All you need is a pulse to get into U of M, Andrew. What happened there? How did you wind up becoming a Vancouver Island Raider? Well, I, I was, a, I was a little bit distracted in high school, um, <laughs> to say the least. So, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, just, I wasn't as focused as I should have been in my studies. And uh, I actually had um, – I wrote my SATs in grade 11. I had a bunch of schools in the States looking at me and, you know, a bunch of teams in the, in the, in the East. I went to uh, Laurier a couple times for recruiting trips. I went uh, – um, I was talking to Bishops, Ottawa, you know, you name it, a bunch of teams in the East, a few teams in the West. Um, and then once grade 12 came around, I kind of think I kind of figured I had it in the bag and I wasn't paying attention as much. And, um, it was a slippery slope for me and it ended up not graduating high school, um, coming out of my, my last year. So I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to go play junior football out in, out in, uh, Vancouver Island. And, um, you know, I, as soon as I got out there, I fell in love with it. Um, I mean, the, the landscape in itself, the, you know, the coaching staff, the, you know, the players, it, it was amazing. And then my, my whole premise, my whole idea was like, okay, I'm going to play one year and then go back to school. Um, and I end up just falling in love with it. And, and you know, two, two three years later, um, I'm, in, I'm in training camp at the BC Lions. So, um, you know, it, uh, it was definitely a different route than I expected and, and which, most, um, which most players go through. But um, it's one that, uh, you know, for me, for me it, was, it, was, it was kind of a perfect fit because I, I, it was a harder way to go through and 
you know, I've been through a lot of hard things in my life and it was, it just kind of seemed uh, perfect for, for my story and my journey. What was the connection with Vancouver and how did you wind up there? Uh, so the quarterback, there's a quarterback in Victoria, Victoria Rebels. Um, he's one of my best friends, um, one of my best friends, older brother. So he, he, he played out there, a bunch of the coaches from the Victoria Rebels, um, you know, jumped ship and, and started a new team in Nanaimo, um, which were named the Vancouver Island Raiders. And uh, so when that, when that new team formed in 2005, that was the year I was coming out of high school. Um, he said, you know, all these coaches are starting this new team here in Nanaimo. Um, go check it out. And um, we had we had a great owner in Hattie Abassi. Um, you know, he, he was definitely uh, very generous with with, you know, getting the team off 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 the ground and and, you know, you know, making sure that everything was, you know, top end for, from from a junior standpoint. And, uh, you know, he, he, he did spend a lot of money on recruiting and getting guys out there. And, you know, it, it was a great environment. So um, I got out there. I had a place to stay. I had a job right away. And, um, you know, I could just go and work and, and focus on football and, 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 you know, enjoy, enjoy the junior lifestyle, which, which was a lot of fun too. So, um, yeah, it, it was, it was a perfect fit for me. Um, you know, it was really a lot of outcasts throughout Canada. You know, we had guys from the East coast, Toronto, we had Virginia, we had Calgary, you know, Edmonton, and then obviously tons of guys from, from BC as well. So, um, you know, we had a team from, from across Canada and, and in junior football, there's really not that much recruiting that goes that, that goes on uh, at that level. So, um, you know, we were, we definitely had a strong uh, a strong bond, and you know, a bunch of guys from all different walks of life, you know, all working and and you know, again, what I, how I said before, just working to a common goal, which was pretty special. You've won Grey Cup championships. You also won a Canadian Junior Championship, a game which you ran for over 300 yards. Or over 400 yards. <laughs> over 400, whatever. Right, but still, hey, it was over 300 still. Um, <laughs> but what, where does that rank for you? Because a lot of times, you know, guys will look back on those teams and realize, I mean, when you're playing pros, there's a lot of politics involved, especially, say, in the NFL, not as much in the NFL. There's still politics in the Canadian League as well. And, you know, you're playing for a paycheck. Well, when you're playing junior, you're just playing for the guy beside you, right? And a lot of guys have special memories, whether it's junior or college, when they win those championships. Yeah, I mean that's that was the hardest thing for me because uh, we won three national championships in junior and and as you said it was you know playing for the guy beside you and you know when you, when I came in came into the locker room after a loss in junior um, the the energy was was very low you know guys were guys were pissed off they they took it personally you know there 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 was an anger there was a there was a sense of urgency to to fix it and get it right and I mean we didn't lose very many games in junior well you know we had a really really strong team but. When I when I came to the pros, it, it was weird because you know we we get blown out by thirty, and you know we'd come to the locker room and guys are dancing around, and you know it was like nothing happened. I mean, all I I, come, I came to realize is that you know everyone still gets everyone still gets paid whether we win or lose, you know, and um, it, it was a different mindset for sure that I had to kind of wrap my head around. But uh, one of the things I I tried to you know keep keep pushing forward as as I became a leader is that you know. Keeping that, keeping that winning and losing attitude, you know, separately. Because when you when you come into a locker room after a loss and you're still, you know, having fun and, you know, you're, you're not you're not there for the right reasons. Um, so I, I wanted to try to instill, you know, that kind of junior mindset as far as you know, take every game, you know, as it's your last. And you know, in this business, you're only as good as your last play as, as your last game. And um, you know, it's a slippery slope if 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 you get on that losing end of things and and the lack of, lack of play and the lack of results on the field keep coming up. But uh, you know that was that was definitely the hardest part for me. Um, just just wrap my head around that. But as far as winning, um, which one's the most special? I mean, they're all they're all really special to me in different ways. Um, 
I mean, I've been in, I was at different points in my life in each one of those games and each one of those, in each one of those moments. And uh, I mean, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is, is the last one was the sweetest, you know? So, uh, um, so I mean, I, I look at this last game as, as, as an amazing um, uh, accomplishment, an amazing feat. And um, hopefully, you know, if I, if I do decide to come back, you know, I can top it again. But uh, as we get older, these things get harder to do. Now we'll get into your possible retirement at the yeah. tail end of this interview, but um, moving along chronologically, 2008, the Lions put, sign you as a territorial exemption. They put you on the practice roster, and, and I've seen this. I've seen where guys have had great careers in junior or, or college. They go to pro, they get shifted to another position, and they just can't, you know, they can't deal with the adversity. I mean, you were playing slot, you were playing safety, you were playing anything but running back. What kept you going during that time? Because it could have been so easy just to say, you know what, I'm not going to get a shot at running back, forget it. Uh, honestly, well, I, I had had my daughter in 2008, and uh, that was a big motivating factor for me. I mean, I was working, um, you know, in a, in a trust plant, and, you know, it was kind of, a, you know, laboring work. And, you know, I, again, I had, I, didn't, I had not gone to, gone to school, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, if this didn't work out so it was it was kind of like all all my eggs are in one basket with with football so I was willing to do anything possible to to make you know that rookie contract and um, you know once I got there to to in, into Lions training camp I realized you know like yeah these guys this guy's from Texas this guy's from California this guy's from Atlanta and you know they played all these big schools this guy's in the NFL this guy's been in the league for 10 years five, whatever it was but I, I realized quickly that um, Physically, I could hang with them. You know, I, I could physically hang with them athletically. Um, I needed to gain a little weight. You know, I needed to get get my mental side of my game up. And and I, I realized that that was going to take some time. Um, but I knew that if I could show any sort of athleticism um, that I could play with these guys, run with these guys, get hit with these guys, then, you know, I would I would get an opportunity. And for me, I, I wanted to do, I could do, I was willing to do anything to, to, to make it, uh, whether it was running down and, you know, covering kicks or returning kicks or, you know, playing safety or slot back, I, I was willing to do it. But uh, one of the things I, I, I really believe truly is that going through, you know, two training camps at slot back, you know, a full season at, re at receiver, um, you know, going through, you know, half a season, you know, just playing, playing scout safety, it really helped me understand the game a lot more. Um, you know, the junior playbook is, is you know, this big and the pro playbook playbooks, you know, four or five, six times, 10 times bigger than that. Right. So um, understanding the, the nuances of the game, um, different coverages, different, uh, different zones, different, different route concepts, all these different things from each side of the ball helped me really um, become a more well-rounded player. Um, you know, as a running back, you know, there isn't too many things you need to know about, you know, all you got to know is what hole you got to hit and, you know, what protection you got and, but this this allowed me to get understand the game to a different level. And uh, when I finally got on the scene with, with Lule, um, my game really, really splashed because of how I was in the past game. Um, you know, we had so many different different plays that we kind of just freelanced and and made up on the fly based on coverages and based on who we're playing. And um, it really worked well for us. But I don't think I would have had that same mindset or ability if I didn't go play slot back or safety. So, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a blessing in disguise in the long run. 2011, you're part of a team that goes 0-6 and, and then wins the Grey Cup. What do you remember from that year? What are your memories? Oh, man, there's so many memories. I mean, I remember just coming in and, and being in the in meeting room with uh, Jamal Robertson and, and you know, kind of having this mentor, you know, and, you know, all of a sudden we're 0-6 and, and, 
and uh, like we come in to a meeting and they said, okay, Andrew, you're starting. And this guy just bolts out, out of the out of the meeting room. And I was like, oh, wow. I just went from, you know, being this guy's, you know, mentee to now he just won't even talk to me, look at me. And I'm like, I had nothing to do with this. This, this is the team that wants to do that. Um, you know, Arlen Bruce coming in, um, which was a complete, complete different character than I was ever used to. And he was, he was beside me. Um, and just, just, just again, like the, the, the emotions of, you know, our team kind of just being horrible, but still like no one was really, the, the attitude was still kind of like, we were okay, you know? And, um, again, you can take, you can take these little lessons and realize, okay, yeah, everything was okay with a couple little switches here, little, little changes on defense. And, you know, we go on, um, eight, no run and, Next thing you know, we're you know we're first place in the in the West, just like that, you know. And uh, it it was definitely a grind, and it went by really fast. And then boom, you know, I'm playing Winnipeg, my my hometown, in the Grey Cup, which was a whole nother whirlwind of of just um, the media attention, right? Um, that was that was when I really realized, like, okay, wow, this this, you know, when you become a player and you're playing in a big game and and all the different media outlets and different things are going on, it was it was definitely overwhelming for me for sure. 2016, you mentioned, and after five seasons in BC, you returned to your hometown Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How special was that for you to get back to Manitoba and play in front of family and friends? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it just kind of felt like, you know, my time in BC was, was uh, you know, kind of getting stale. And, you know, that there, there was, I went through two or three different coaching changes. And, um, you know, I just felt like it was time to get home. Uh, my daughter was, at that point, should have been eight years old. Um, you know, so she, I'd, I'd been away from, from her for, you know, those, those eight years are going back and forth. And um, as soon as I got back to Winnipeg, you know, I, my, my first goal was to, to try to get my daughter full time and, and, uh, and then just get my, get, get this thing going. I mean, the, the, the bombers were, um, you know, not making the playoffs, but uh, they had a good nucleus of, 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 of guys. I, I really believed in O'Shea and, and what he was doing. And um, yeah, it just, it just felt like, you know, it, this was a great thing. And, you know, it came out that season. We, I think, we made the playoffs and, and got bumped, bumped out the first year. But uh, you could really see that uh, there was a change in, in the tide, and um, you know, it, it, it was a whirlwind. I mean, the distractions were insane. I mean, everyone wanted a piece of me coming back home, and uh, as far as friends, family, and um, different businesses, different things, and, and you know, it, it took a bit of an adjustment just uh, to get used to that and and kind of you know learn how to say no to people and you know, learn how to channel my, the energy, my energy in the right way and, and, and the right focus. And once I kind of got that figured out, that's really when my, my play took off as far as being back in Winnipeg. You go through some adversity in 2019 before you win the Grey Cup. You get suspended two games for uh, using a banned substance. You took responsibility for it. And you mentioned the fact that you'd been tested eight times since you arrived in Winnipeg three times in 2019. And yet, you know, there's still going to be people out there that are going to be doubters. How do you deal with that? I mean, do you just kind of deflect it? I mean, uh, because that's got to be painful because you work your ass off, right? It's not like you cheat. I mean, everybody knows about your work ethic. Yet when that happens, people start doubting. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Well, I mean, I, I guess the biggest thing is that I, I know I know the truth and I know my truth. Um, I mean, one of the things that kind of just always gets overlooked is, and, and which I wish, wish the CFOPA kind of um, – put out there a little more and, and put a little more, shed a little more light on was, you know, the fact that I had a, a urine and blood test uh, 10 days before I had the positive test, which was just a urine test. And I mean, if anyone who knows anything about taking drugs, uh, if, if, and I had, having a small trace of something, would, would have, I'd have to be substantially doing something, or, or if I was substantially doing something to, to, to try to cheat or, or perform performance enhancing, 
then that would be a lot more substantial in my blood system or, or in my urine sample. So it just doesn't make any sense as far as the PED angle. Um, and then, and then again, too, like, you know, I flip on Twitter or, you know, there's a CFO post on, on Instagram and all it is is people saying, Oh, cheater, cheater, cheater. Or, and when I came back from the, in my injury this year, Oh, you got to test them. So I literally got tested as soon as I got back, I got tested the week before Grey cup, you know, and, and these things are, they always keep happening and people can, 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 can continue to, you know, say what they're going to say. And it, it is unfortunate. Um, I, I, I wish it never happened, but I, I can, I can kind of appreciate that it did. And, you know, um, it was definitely a learning experience. You know, I, I saw a lot of people's true colors, um, which is, which is very opening, you know, people that, you know, were close to you or people that, you know, said they had your back or they were there, you know, just, just throwing your name, you know, you know, under the bus and, and, you know, just everything of that came about it. So learning experience for sure. Um, but I, again, I, I know my truth. I know how hard I work to get to where I'm at. I just wish that there was more, um, more knowledge that was, you know, taken into the, or more light that was shed onto the actual situation and more support maybe from the PA um, just to, just to reflect on, and on the situation. You wrap up that year by going to the Grey Cup in Calgary, knocking off a favored Hamilton Tiger Cock team. You are named the most outstanding player and most outstanding Canadian. First time that's ever happened in the history of the Grey Cup. 134 rushing yards. You had two TDs, one on the ground, one through the air. Um, you, you hear this quite a bit from players. When you win that championship when you're young, like you did in 2011, you think, oh, it's going to happen every year, right? I mean, we'll be back next year. When you win it after being in the league for what, I guess, nine years, you win the second one. Did you have a greater sense of appreciation of just how tough it was to win a championship? Yeah, I mean, after after winning in 19, there was uh, there was a lot of a lot of reflecting on, you know, how hard it is, one, to to get to get to the Great Cup two, win it. Um, and then three, just ha have the game that I just had. So, um, you, you know, you, you, you play on great teams and, and, you know, you come out the gate flying, you know, but then some injuries happen or, you know, you get a little cold and it's all about, it's all about meshing and, and getting hot at the right time. And, uh, there, there really is a, a balance and, and a chemistry about having all these things happen at the, at the right time, right place, right time. And with the right people at the right, at that right time as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely extremely difficult um to achieve and you know to, to to get to that to get that opportunity four times and and, and win and all those I'm, I'm extremely grateful and blessed to to be there but uh yeah I, I, I definitely after 11 i was like oh man this is this is gonna be a cakewalk um you know i'm gonna have rings just like i had in junior I played five years of junior i had three rings you know i'm gonna be like this is gonna be the exact the same way in in in, in the cfl so um but it's definitely a lot harder than uh, people people think 2021, you do it again. You have a calf injury, but you come back for the Western Finals. Of course, you wind up winning another Grey Cup, this time against Hamilton in Hamilton. Um, and then you wind up leaving Winnipeg. And, it, 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 you know, it, it wasn't a, a split that, you know, people looked at and said, well, both sides decided to move on. There was a lot of, I guess, tension there, if you want to use that term. But... I imagine it hurt because, I mean, you grew up in Winnipeg, you, you were loyal to the team, you're loyal to the Bombers, loyal to the organization, and then you find out that that loyalty isn't a two-way street. But um, there used to be a guy named Mike Keane that played in the National Hockey League. He gave me the best quote, one of the best quotes I've always remembered. He won Stanley Cups in Dallas, Colorado, and Montreal. And I said, what was it like winning championships with all those different teams? I mean, didn't you ever develop like a sense of loyalty? He looked at me and goes, hey, if you want loyalty, he goes, buy a dog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I always remember that quote because like, he, you know, he really 
told me about, you know, we talked about the business of sport. How painful was it for you having to leave Winnipeg, especially after the success that you had? Yeah, I mean, and that, that was the hardest part. Um, it was just based off of the home, hometown, you know, angle, the growth of the culture, the growth of the locker room, the growth of the team, that uh, the change of the regime, you know, so to speak, with, with, uh, with since I, when, I, when I got there in 2016 to, to 2021. But, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely stung. Um, but, again, I mean, um, one of those things where, I, I'm, it's unfortunate it happened, but I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the fact that it did because you know I got an opportunity to to, to see a whole new group of guys, uh, make a bunch of new networks and and, and bonds, and um, I think I would I think I grew a lot more as uh, as a player, as a leader, as an individual, as a man going to Toronto than I and I would have if I would have stayed in Winnipeg because it was kind of everything was status quo. You know, the locker room was the locker room. The coaches were, you know, all, you know, everyone, everything was very solid and sturdy there. Where going to Toronto, you know, when I got there, I was like, wow, this, this, this culture is a lot different. This, this team's a lot different. You know, we're very immature. We have, we have a lot of work to do. It, it, it made me grow and, and, and help me blossom a lot more as, 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 as a person going out there for sure. More with Andrew Harris after these messages. Like what you hear? We'd love to have you on board with us as a partner. If you have a business that could benefit from partnering with us, please contact us at mojohnsports.com. Whenever it comes to tires or meeting your automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tiring Langley. OK Tiring Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tiring Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Search, browse, buy. Black Press Media brings you today's drive. Find your new vehicle on our exclusive platform and get driving. At todaysdrive.com, you'll have access to inventory across BC, where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. With new and used vehicles from the dealership around the corner and dealers across BC. The best venue to find your next vehicle is todaysdrive.com. Redefine how you lead. Take the next step in your leadership journey with Ignite Management. Become a leader that positively impacts those around you. Create an environment where your team thrives. Be in control of your own development with a detailed analysis of your leadership style, complete with actionable insights and recommendations. Visit ignitemanagement.ca for more info. You're listening to the Mojon Sports Podcast. Andrew, you mentioned that you blossomed as a person. You grew more. In which way did you grow and blossom? Um, well, again, um, moving moving to a, a, a new 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 city. Um, you know, understanding the fact that uh, just getting around all these different things. You know, just just exploring more. Um, you know, you, you you get to meet new people um different different walks of life different uh different things like that but for me it was it was you know going to a new team where there was guys who kind of maybe respected me knew about me um you know and and, and trying to instill you know what i think is it should be you know how, how a team's culture should be how we should attack the day-to-day how you know how we, how we should look at a game to game basis and and how the locker room should be and and slowly kind of instill different things and, and watch it happen. Um, learn from what they're doing there, the good things that they're doing there, and and try to filter out the bad, you know, and, and put in 
you know, some of the some of the good things we did in Winnipeg, some of the good things that I've seen in BC. Um, and as as it slowly kind of goes along, you, you you see the differences, you see the changes. When I got hurt, you know, I could have went home and been with my daughter and, you know, just kind of kind of chalked it up as the season was over. But I stayed in Toronto and I said to call the coaches, I was like, hey, like there's a bit of a divide right now between the players and the coaches. And it's very obvious there's fighting a lot in the sidelines between players and players and players and coaches and coaches and coaches. And it was just, you know, in, in, during the game, in the locker room after. And I'm going to try to use this opportunity to try to bridge that gap and, and try to be, you know, the middle ground there. So, you know, going to meetings with the coaches and, and the, the game planning and understanding what they're trying to achieve, um, what they're talking about behind closed doors and, and kind of getting an idea how, 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 how can the players understand this and to, to a point where we can work together better. And uh, stayed there and, and I, just being around the guys, um, really motivated me to try to get back on the field even more because, you know, I was working, I could see them working together and I could see them, you know, you know, building, building this bond as we, as we go along and got better and uh, inspired me to, 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 to get my, get myself back on the field as well too. But with that though, is, you know, when you're within, within a season, you're always just kind of working with the running backs, quarterbacks, receivers, O-line, um, you don't get a, get a good chance to really get to know everyone else. So, with me being hurt, I got an opportunity to meet a lot of the guys in the defense a lot better, you know, um, be able to talk to those guys. And, and again, just get to let them get to know me as a person, not the, not the athlete. And then when I came back after the injury, everyone was kind of excited about that, blown away by, by the recovery and um, really just felt like the energy with the team was already, uh, you know, rising, rising. And, you know, coming back, you know, from all, already with the experience I had, had with, uh, you know, previous teams and previous championships. You know, talking to the guys from a leadership standpoint and being like, hey, this is what to expect for a great cup week. This is, this is what to expect from Winnipeg, you know, from an offensive standpoint uh, to our defense, you know. So all these different things just helped me kind of grow and see things from a different angle, a uh, different perspective. And um, it just just made me appreciate the game a lot more and the the full the full spectrum of a locker room and an, an organization from coaches to players. And, and how we all put that together um, on the field on, on game day. You know, it's interesting because I was going to throw this question out, but it sounds like what you were saying, the turning point for your team might have come later in the year. But week three, you guys get drilled in BC by a score of 44 to 3. And, and, you know, you don't see too many great cup championship teams lose a game during the course of the season by a score of 44 to 3. The next week, you play Winnipeg and you play them tough. In fact, the game should have gone in overtime except Boris Beattie missed an extra point with whatever, 25 seconds remaining. You wind up losing 23-22. But from what you're saying, that didn't seem – I think that would probably have been the turning point, but when was the turning point for the Argos this year? Well, yeah, that, that BC game was crazy. I mean, it, you don't really realize how hard it is for these Eastern teams to go play West until you're on an Eastern team. But, uh, I mean, BC really has a big advantage anytime the East team plays out there. Like, we're playing at 11 o'clock at night, you know, finishing at 1 o'clock. Um, so it's really, really, really tough from that that aspect. And with the CFL budgets, you know, mo most teams only get out to their day before. Um, so it makes it really, really tough to just adjust that way. Um, and I'm also pretty sure it's half our team had COVID that game too. So not to make excuses, but <laughs> we, were, we were in tough. But, uh, and I mean, BC was playing amazing too. So, but yeah, I think, I think our turning point, um, honestly, was probably Labor Day against Hamilton. Um, the, 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 we play, played Hamilton four times in five, five weeks. So in around those games, um, which is, which is right around when I got hurt as well, too, we just kind of saw, um, our defense was always solid. Our defense played and, and saved their butts a bunch of times. And, uh, you know, when, when McManus was going crazy, our D, our DBs were making plays. 
Um, but but in, in Hamilton, we had some drives where, you know, our, our O-line really just, you know, thugged it out and, and, and got those tough yardages, those, those tough yardage plays. You know, we, we saw we saw us finishing drives, you know, with no huddle. You know, our, we, we saw guys like Speedy, you know, having two touchdown performances and, and making some crazy catches. And, and everything kind of just started clicking with offense just slowly. And, um, you know, everyone kind of started taking turns offensively. And again, like I said, our special our special teams have had been consistent, and our defense was was playing lights out. But our offense was the one that was kind of taking its time to to get going. And after that, our offense kind of slowly, everyone started you know just catching some traction, and um, you know just really starting to heat up. And I think we played our best football when we went no huddle, and we went we did hurry up, and we did a lot more of that in the in the last half of the season. And you could really just see what uh, the potential that we could have. You've seen a lot of football. You've played a lot of football in your career have you ever seen a game where you've seen two block kicks in the dying minutes of a game especially at a championship game um first off let's go with boris Beatty's attempt that's blocked by nick hallett yeah. what's your emotion on what's your emotion at the time when you see that kick blocked yeah i mean um it, it was i was like hey we get this the way our defense is playing we're, we're gonna we're gonna be sitting pretty and uh you know Nick Hallett, he was actually renting my place uh, here in Winnipeg. Um, so I was like, you know, happy for the guy, but uh, come on, buddy. Like that, that would make rent, me. Rent just went up, didn't it? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Too bad he already played his last month already, huh? <laughs> I'm not going to give his damage deposit back. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I mean, great, great play by him. And then, uh, you know, we, we turn around, we, you know, we're still winning. So it's okay. Our defense just has to, you know, just really buckle down now. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there were so many different plays. I mean, we had, we had the penalty down with Speedy, then we had the face mask. And then, uh, honestly, once Greg Ellenson catches that corner out, um, right, right by our bench, you know, I'm like, okay, well, they're, they're 40, 45 yards out, 40, 40 yards out now, and there was still quite a bit of time, and they were running the ball pretty decently. Um, you know, and our defense, again, you know, bullies up and, and, and you know, stands strong. And um, then they're attempting, I think it was a 42-yard field goal or 45, something like that. But either way, I mean, I, I saw the I saw the end copy and I think that kick might have been going wide left anyways, but yeah. way, two two block kicks in a row, um, just to really put a stamp on it. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, but I think I mean like that that game's gotta go down as one of the classics, uh classic great cups uh that were played. And you know, it was it was very defensive. I mean, both both offenses were kind of, you know, slow to start and you know, once we once we kind of figured each other out and, and, and got got comfortable, you know, that second half kind of kind of opened up a bit more. But uh, yeah, it, it was an it was an insane game. Um, even for myself, I mean, having a different role from not being in in the game, you know, every every down, um, you know, and then coming in and kind of being a distraction to bring a linebacker out to to get a lighter box for AJ to go go crazy, you know, just different roles and and being on the sidelines watching offense operate. You know, Mac, Mac getting hurt, you know, in the third quarter there or fourth quarter and, you know, Chad Kelly having to come in and, and you know, just just throw some throw some crazy balls and, and you know, make some 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 great runs from him. And um, yeah, it was definitely an emotional one and uh, extremely more emotional because of, of the circumstances of, of playing Winnipeg. But uh, that's definitely a game I'll, I'll never forget for sure. A lot of people thought that, you know, at the end of the game, having won the Grey Cup, you really could have stuck it to the Bombers. I mean, you know, that competitiveness coming out. But I think I saw the word subdued a whole bunch of times in talking about your reaction after winning the Grey Cup. Why weren't you like a little bit more over the top like we've seen in the past and you're more subdued this time? I think I'm just growing up um, a little bit, you know, and uh, 
to, to me, um, I'd kind of let let everything go, you know. Um, 2019, I was still really hot about what what had happened, um, you know. This this at this point, it was it was I've kind of I've kind of let it go, and um, you know, I still have tons of respect for for Winnipeg and and the team, and um, and I live in Winnipeg, you know. I, I'd be be hard for me to walk around, uh, you know, getting groceries and filling up gats if I if I said something you know, some smart ass uh, remark or, you know, you know, kind of stuck it to him, you know, from verbally after doing it. And also too, I just, again, I think, I think the biggest thing is just maturity and, um, you know, understanding the circumstances and, um, and I get, but at the end of the day, it just comes down to respect and, um, you know, appreciation for the great organization that uh, we had just beat. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You had, you had a son that was born right before the Grey Cup, right? And, and yeah, you talked was... about, you talked about your daughter being a game changer. Yeah. Is this another game changer for you when you contemplate life moving forward? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just gotta have kids every time I have a, you know, a, a tough uh, crossroads, right? That's the, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Yeah, he, he was born on uh, November 10th, so two days before the the East final. Yeah, and then yeah, it was just a, it's it's been a crazy, it was a crazy three four weeks there. Um, you know, we just got back to Winnipeg here about a week and a half ago, and finally everything is kind of settling down. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a whirlwind for sure. Retirement? Do you think about it? I mean, what's left there? What's left to do? I mean, you've won, what? Let me guess. Four Grey Cups now, three Junior Championships. You've ran for over ten thousand yards in the CFL. Only six people have done that. You're the only Canadian to do it. Um, you know, the accolades, most outstanding player awards in the Grey Cup, most outstanding Canadian. What keeps you going? If you are going to keep going. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me now is, um, you know, I have some opportunities, um, you know, that are going to be, you know, big, big boy jobs, so to speak. And, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a different career, a career move for me, you know, so I got to kind of weigh, is it, is it, is it the time to do it now? If, if I play another year, will that opportunity still be there? Everyone, all, all the, all the guys who I really respect um, that play, play ball, they always said play as long as you can, because you never get it back and you can always go into the workforce um, you know, whenever, whenever you're done. But uh, for me, it's now, if, if there's an opportunity that's going to, you know, be great enough for me to, to, to walk away. Um, I know I can still contribute in a, uh, on the field and, and even more so as a leader, I think more so now in, in my career, but uh, you're right. I mean, there isn't really much, much more, much more for me to do. Um, I still have a, bit, a, a great love for the game and, and, you know, once I'm out there, that competitive nature kind of takes over as well too. So, um, definitely got, got to contemplate that and, you know, I'm, I'll probably make my decision in the new year, um, you know, end of January, beginning of February, somewhere around there and, and we'll go from there. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like I still can contribute with, with the team and, and, you know, with that being on the field and, and like I said, even more off the field. So um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So we'll, uh, we, we got some time here to figure it out still. Well, man, it's been an outstanding ride thus far. Uh, if it continues, of course, you'll add more chapters to it, but if you decide to, to call it a day what a career it's been and like i said just the old adversity that you've overcome to get there um you know talking about high school and not being able to get that university ride and playing junior football and then coming to bc and being a slot back in a in a safety for the first couple of years on the practice roster and then getting through everything that you've done and man like i said it's it's been an amazing ride and congratulations on it if it's the end if not keep plugging away and add some more chapters Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like, like I said, it's uh, one of those things is it's, I'm just so grateful and blessed to be here. Um, I would, if you would have asked me in 2008, 2009, when I first started, you know, where I'd be right now, it, it wouldn't be 
you know, at this point with, with all the, all the accolades along the way. So um, grateful to have great teammates, great coaches and, and great people around me to support me. And, um, and sometimes that adversity kind of lights a fire under your, under your ass to, to, to get, get, get that little extra gear going and, um, you know, accomplish even more. So sometimes that stuff's good for you too. So I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I hope, hopefully we'll, we'll be seeing you soon. Andrew, thanks for doing this. Best of luck. Sounds good. Take care, man. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media.